0: Hey, Chris! 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 cancel us, seven Chris! 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 6 Chris! 5 cantonas, 4 cantonas, 3 cantonas, two cantonas. Very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Welcome to the Manchester United weekly podcast. I hope everyone's true love is in the process of gifting them 12 Cantonars I'm Harry Robinson with a slightly hoarse voice recording not so long after a comfortable victory over Nottingham Forest at an Old Trafford weighed down by an incessant drumming rain, which is still coming down about 12 hours after full time in Manchester. Hardly festive is it, but it was an excellent win. I know not all of you will celebrate Christmas or enjoy it, so if you're not, I hope you're well anyway, but if you have been, I hope you've had some good time off and enjoyed time with your family. It's a particularly tricky time to record a football podcast actually because the fixtures are relentless and gaps in the schedule are very few, as well as finding time to fit in with with family commitments and the like. So it's just me again this week without my regular co-host Jack Tate, uh, with a brief review of the victory over Forest and some thoughts on Cody Gakpo's transfer to Liverpool having been linked with United in the summer and in uh, the build up to January as well in the background is noise from Old Trafford I started recording about 20 minutes before kickoff, and hopefully it can give those of you who can't make it to games regularly or at all a little taste of home because it is home I think for, for people even who can't go that often it was a very good win and I think especially in the circumstances it was a big old potential banana skin Um, not just the circumstances of the World Cup but also the fact that late on clearly Maguire and Lindelof were ruled out with a virus Maguire eventually did manage to or well, apparently insisted they came with the team on the bench so he could offer something and came off the bench so must have been revived by the rain and the uh, and the noise of old Trafford to, to come on and play perfectly well for, for a short period of time. But given those circumstances it, it was a very good win. Um mainly I think it was so good to have Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial scoring there in these first couple of games back because those positions are all about confidence and we know that with Rashford particularly. Uh, But also Martial I think we've seen down the years and two very good finishes as well. A lovely worked goal for Rashford's opener and I think, I I don't think a a set piece is ever as important as when the score is nil-nil in a very general sense because those set pieces are really there to break what might otherwise be a deadlock and united have been so poor at doing that over recent years this was so good because we were playing well actually already and we'd had chances i think terremolassi had had his shot had eventually ended up hitting the post and, and we'd had other chances but it stopped it from ever even looking like it was going to turn into one of those days because we went ahead early with, with a good set piece. So credit to the, to the coaching staff for that and credit for Ericsson and, and Marcus Rashford for finishing off. Martial's later on in the first half was also very good. A lovely quote given to uh, Amazon afterwards who were broadcasting in the UK at least by Eric Ten Hag who said, oh, this is on Rashford. There is no player who can smile so nice as Marcus and I want to see him do that. That gives him and the players around him energy and that's absolutely right Uh, Martial also good every time he plays he's doing well that's a good thing he just has to stay fit and consistent we will see how that goes we are yet to be convinced over eight years of of his United career but we'll see how that goes all of that being said and and Fred came on and gave loads of energy off the bench later on and and his goal was brilliant I'll come on to Casemiro who, who created the chance for that third goal shortly but it was a great quote after from Tenag as well uh, I think speaking to MUTV when he said satisfaction leads to laziness maybe that will be the phrase to sum up Tenag's time at United we'll see satisfaction leads to laziness and it's a, a turn on a, freight, on a very common kind of idea in, in football and all of life really isn't it but United did need to be more clinical and ruthless so it, it, it felt like a, a very good win and a comfortable win and, and all of that but We really could have seen Forrest off with five or six goals and should have done. This is a team progressing, so it's very much forgivable for now. But I think it was clear afterwards that Ten Hag thought we should have put five or six past Forrest and didn't do so because we weren't clinical enough. And I think that's absolutely right. It wasn't always necessarily the shot not being perfect at the end. There were a few times when it was the final ball not quite being there. So uh, when Garnacho broke through, and that's not always the fault of the person playing the final ball. It might be to do with the movement. So when Garnaccio uh, charged down the left-hand side late on and he pulled it across the face of goal, but Rashford had kind of pulled his run back. Just a slight misunderstanding there of, of where Ganache was going to play it, where Rashford's going to be, and so United don't score. But yeah, a good attacking performance. Forrest are not an amazing team as they've shown throughout the season. But it was a good attacking performance and, and we've done well there to, to win. Luke Shaw deserves a lot of credit. Really impressive from him to come in at centre back. And Rashford will get much of the credit, Casemiro Will, but Luke Shaw was was really worthy of of some praise. Um he he kind of had the same qualities he has at left back and I actually thought it was notable that um, as a moment during the I can't remember if it was first half or second half, I think the first when the ball came back into the kind of centre back line after United had an attack and rather than turning around to play back to De Gea, Luke Shaw just kind of calmly took it. He was under a bit of pressure, calmly took it and, and played it forward again. And my brother said, ah, oh, we wouldn't have done that last season. I thought, yeah, that is a general team change. Absolutely, and Martinez might have done the same, but I also think that's Luke Shaw's comfort on the ball from fullback coming into centre back. And I thought he gave that quality on the ball there and that calmness also still managed to offer a threat in attack combining with Malassia while never truly giving up his defensive duties and never seeming to get caught out. And that's that's a, a a genuine achievement against the decent Forest front line and so yeah, plenty of praise for him. That being said, a lot of that is down to Casemiro's protection. A good stat The United have kept six league clean sheets this season with three different centre-back pairs and all have come since Casemiro came into the team he's I mean he's really proved everyone wrong since that shaky start I think uh, I think I was worried uh, about the pace of the Premier League but I did think it would just be a matter of time but I was worried and frustrated that often United seem to sign players who need lots of time to settle in. And uh, I was worried that Casemiro might be that again, but really it only took him two or three games. I remember the Real Sociedad game at home in the Europa League was really poor, uh, having had a slightly dodgy appearance off the bench, perhaps in the game before that against Arsenal. But then he started putting in proper performances. He is a, a great midfielder. I mean, one of the perfect midfielders, and that's what we thought we were getting. And I'm really glad we have got that. He's just, I mean, he's shown over his whole career. He's basically the the perfect player in that position. And it's just brilliant leadership and skill, tenacity, energy. He he has has it all in his role in the third goal. I mean, it's not going underappreciated and it shouldn't. He was, he was joyous. I think Eric said after, um, we decided we needed a number six. We have the perfect one. I think that's about about right. Alejandro Garnaccio was very exciting again. Uh so much so that the the Viva Ronaldo chant, which has been sung on the terraces at Old Trafford, with a, a significant pause while he was away from the club, but for seventeen years, was repurposed with his name, Viva Garnaccio. Uh, I, that's something I've long thought was a, an inevitable conclusion to the events of the last 12 months. I was kind of just waiting for it to happen. It seemed the natural conclusion. And not to be a fun sponge, but it does concern me a little bit because he's a player flying with confidence. He's brilliant, but who really, really needs to stay grounded. And it's a, it's such a difficult balance. And I fear any kind of comparison between going up to Ronaldo is, is just not going to help. I am being a fun sponge really, but just because it would be such a shame if God actually doesn't do what he can with his talent. I remember reading something from Patrice Evra once about him being confused as to why Adnan Yanezhai had so many chants after just a few games. Well, because he was good and it was fun for United support, that's the, the honest truth, but Evra said he was worried at the time about the impact on Yanezhai's development, so it's just food for thought. Ultimately, I don't think that's the fans' responsibility. That's down to the coaching staff. But I'm just, I'm so keen for Garnaccio to make the most out of his ability and to make the most out of it at Manchester United as a starter by the end of this season. And if he can keep playing like this and keep offering that, just that dynamism on the left wing, it's so good to watch. It's so exciting. No player at the moment at United gets that intake of breath better at the stadium than Garnaccio. So if he can keep playing like this and keep pushing himself forward, then it's, it is it is going to be a sweet, sweet feeling singing that song with his name, but I know it, it, the coaching staff will be working so hard to make sure that Garnacho keeps his, himself grounded, keeps pushing himself forward and, and makes the most of that ability. There were some other Good performance Zerickson was good, apart from one little mistake. Um, but yeah, he was he was good again. He's, he's he's quite a different player to the rest of this United team. And I was thinking about how this United team are, are getting more of that. The, the phrase 10 argues at the start of the season, and people used to describe the Argentina team is, is Grinta, which there's not proper the kind of translation, but an Italian word meaning that kind of a passion and energy and, and intensity to a game and hardness to a game is not a perfect translation, but that, I, th- I think you'll know what I mean. The, the United team's beginning to get a bit more of that, particularly with, with Lissandra Martinez, but also just in general when Eriksen is kind of the antidote to that, the just quiet conductor. But he's very good to watch, he does some brilliant things. The only other thing I mention is Bruno was, was on and off, kind of in the normal sense, but provided some great moments. Uh he, he provided that little flick on after a brilliant Rashford ball that Anthony had to score. There was a really good chance that he should have buried, which is a shame he didn't as well after after the disappointment of the World Cup with Brazil. And the only other thing, Bruno, the, the attempted lob from 40 yards was one of those where as he as he hits you, are going, oh, what are you doing? And then it, it was close enough to justify it absolutely and get you excited. And, that, and that's what you go to go to matches for is to get that moment of excitement, even if it doesn't go in. The audacity to do that was brilliant, I loved it. And yeah, to wrap up, Forrest are hardly the most difficult of opponents, but they've had much better preparation conditions than United, not just in terms of World Cup effects, but also with the Maguire and Lindelof news that they were out with a virus. And to make it as comfortable as it was is a really good sign. And that was the same against Burnley, who are a very good team playing really good, challenging football on the company at the top of the championship and to win two matches back to back with that kind of comfort and, and dominance is not something we've done in some time. So that was good. It was also really good to see Jesse Lingard get a an appropriate re- reception at Old Trafford. He's Marmite, there's no denying that, but he's a bit misunderstood, he's badly advised and he deserves an applause like that and a moment like that as an academy boy who scored in important cup finals for United. thing really on, on the Cody Gapo news. I think ultimately, so, so the news is United were interested in him in, in summer, uh, pretty much had, had some agreement with him. He also came very close to joining Leeds in the summer. And then United was supposedly interested again in the build up to January. Whether that was true or not and how interested they were, we don't know. There's some conflicting reports. And now Coda is is set to join Liverpool. Uh, they've announced that an agreement is there he just needs to do his medical and, and all those final bits but first of all, I do think he's a better fit for Liverpool than for us and I think he'll do very well there I think he would have done well but not as well at United and that's therefore not a reason to panic and say oh we've missed out on the best signing because the best signing for every club is different and to me Gatpo was playing really well at the World Cup but he still it it still didn't quite feel perfect United need a, a centre forward a proper centre forward not another form of Rashford who can play in that role but isn't his natural role that all being said I think what greats and I think this is what a lot of people will be feeling. What greats is seeing how well Liverpool managed to pull this off. A decent fee, nice and quick, wrapped up before the windows opened. Gap will be theirs to utilise all throughout January for more than the second half of the season because we're not even halfway through yet. Compare that to United's attempts, transfer sagas. Always a failed transfer or two before the desired one comes off. Uh, I mean, Bruno Fernandes a couple of Januarys ago was a painful, painful process. Uh, there are a couple of caveats the first one being the united structure has changed since that bruno fernandez deal we did manage to kind of just suddenly sign casemiro and summer so there's that uh tiramalas as well suddenly uh the others being that united get a lot made up about them in the media normally at the from normally with those sources coming from agents who have something to gain by creating that story and that United do get charged a premium bar of the clubs who are aware of their vulnerability. So there are those caveats as well. There is all of that, it's a complex issue, but for me, it's one where I look and think, ah, he's gonna be good there and give them something new, that's annoying, rather than, ah, we've just missed out on the perfect signing. What I hope is that this will encourage United to pursue other maybe less well-known, but more suitable targets at a better price. The club's short of money, that much is obvious. And we spent a lot in summer, and so much is unclear with the potential investment takeover news as well. It's all a little confusing at the moment. Ooh, January's not started yet. We'll see what happens, but it's, it's a very difficult one to read at the moment whether United are really going to sign someone in January or not. Eric Tenag is consistently saying United need to sign someone, but you get the sense he might really have to push for that internally to benefit from whatever little money there is left and that United are going to have to be pretty creative with their targets. Coming up next, Wolves on New Year's Eve. Uh, they had a late win against Everton. Uh, 2-1 win after, not brilliant performance, but they'll be confident now. A new manager, his first game ends in a, in a win. New signings to come. Uh, we're away at Molyneux. It's a really tricky one. Um, it's, it's a fixture that's caught us out many times over the last few years. Wolves are a bad team at the moment. And we have to, again, make them look like a bad team as we did with Nottingham Forest. United can really... You get the sense that it's a fairly easy run of fixtures. These Burnley, Forest, Wolves, then Bournemouth, then Everton in the FA Cup, and Charlton in the League Cup, and then City. You you feel like before City, you know, the real opportunity to get some... To get maximum points out of these games and to progress in two-cup competitions. It's asking a lot. Cause to win that many games in a row whoever your opponents is very difficult to win them when all the fixtures are so close together and the squad is made a little bit thin by uh, World Cup absentees or, or illness or injuries it's it's very difficult but you get you just think what could be if United can do that what could the confidence get to what could the faith in Tanaka and his method get to so that's something to hope for um, that's it i'll see you all in 2023 thank you so much for listening either just to this episode or throughout the year thank you to all of you who have left ratings reviews or sent in nice comments to me or jack it always makes our day and and we appreciate them greatly thank you to our patrons for your support especially you allow us to keep making episodes and to push the podcast on a little bit and yeah happy new year everyone stay safe and have a brilliant start to 2023 Podcast Network.